Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are Jill's Journals Out Loud. And this is part two of our psychopath series that I have embarked on. And I want to take you in a little bit of a different direction. Uh, If you didn't listen to the one on uh, Monday, the previous uh, part one, You don't have to listen to them in order because that was kind of the abstract and the overview and the big picture, uh, the cause of not effect version of uh, talking about what psychopathy is and how it's a continuum. It's not just in one person over there. There's pieces of it kind of in all of us, some of us maybe more than others. So uh, I wanted to start looking at it abstractly. And now I want to move us into the reality of today's world. And then on the Friday podcast for the members or subscribers, uh, I'm going to do what do you do when you come face to face with a psychopath? So I want to really ground it down into super practical, uh, because how you respond, and it's everything to do with your push, pull, uh, pause, fight, flight, freeze response that's going to affect your interaction for the most part with somebody who is a psychopath. So I wanted to make it super practical because uh, one of the things that I wanted to do was to not focus on any of us. I'm not sure if I have anybody listening in South Africa or not, but I thought that would be the perfect country to compare and contrast because most of us don't live there. So we're not personally invested in the ideas the way we are when somebody's talking about the country that we live in because, you know, how calm we are. Uh, And at some point, I can't remember when, you know, in my information gathering processes, Uh, I had heard the statement that as South Africa goes, so will the rest of the world. And it's a smaller country. Uh, It's actually a country that I have never visited, but I have researched. uh, I think I've mentioned before, uh, James Mishner is one of my uh, favorite authors because he does such in-depth historical research, but it cracks me up because he was so this his uh, the South African one book was written in the eighties, and there's all this what we would call now you know politically incorrect stuff in there, uh, but it's also you know carried a little bit of a personal interest in me too, and so I feel a little bit connected. You know, I know some people who lived there in my past, and so I have some sense of connection, but it also has one of the connections that is. Uh, ancient, something that, you know, we really don't know if it is or isn't true. And uh, I wanted to weave that in and sort of plant some ideas where I don't know if that's real or not, but it's an interesting concept and it's something that I'm open to um, seeing unfold in the future at some point in time. And so the re- and so this started the other day when I heard uh, someone I listened to in terms of them describing what their Uh, intelligence contacts were saying about what was going on in South Africa. And uh, I had watched the movie Farmland. Lauren Southern put that together several years ago, and it was so horrific. You know, I kind of had to stay away from it because what was happening in South Africa is what had happened in many countries in Africa. The farms were being taken away from the white people and given to the black people, and uh, there was a lot of animosity. The division of black and white was being exacerbated by the words, you grabbed our land. And so the farmers, you know, have been there for over 300 years. So they don't really quite feel that way. But uh, their family, their long-term families embedded in these farming practices. So not everybody just got up and moved. And so the horrific component of that was the people who wouldn't leave. Some of the things that 
groups of men and women were, were doing to the farmers and their children and their property and their animals was so horrific. I just, I can't stand even thinking about the images as I'm talking to you, but it was about as barbarous as you can get, you know, in terms of anything crucifying and it's in there, right? And so it's just part of their everyday life. They never know when they're going to get gang attacked. And so uh, the way that they have responded was to do a couple things. They've got, you know, people who they try to coordinate with each other and respond to violence. Uh, and so they've tried to create community watch, you know, do things as practical as possible to protect themselves. But nothing in the government supports them. There's no police investigation. There's no arrests. And if they fight back, then they're held accountable. Does any of this sound familiar? And so that was part of where my ears started to perk up, that things were going bad. Well, you know, fast forward, and it's just been a continuous downspin cycle. And I linked two videos for you if you're interested. And the first one I thought was funny about solar panels, because if there's a conversation that people are constantly having with me is why I haven't gone solar. It happened while I was out traveling this winter again. But uh, I know I got so frustrated with the guy and I'm like, you don't understand how many times people have had this conversation with me. And I thought it was funny because okay, you have all your fabulous solar panels for when the grid goes down. And uh, apparently what's going on in South Africa now is they're all being stolen. And that was part of the, and that, the other piece of that video I thought was funny is, you know, it's, it's rattling off all the effects. What are the ways we can do to prevent this crime from happening, but never addressing the cause? Like, why are these things happening in the first place? Because that was sort of what I was talking about uh, on the part one is that the cause is so deep and so abstract. Most of us feel like there's no value in it. So that's why I wanted to do kind of a practical version today about what does psychopathy really look like. And, and that was the title I put of this podcast. It's like, well, they're, the psychopath themselves is not out in your backyard stealing your solar panels. But that's the effect. People just don't wake up one day and say, I want to go steal a solar panel. Uh, South Africa has declared an official collapse. Uh, and they have had rolling blackouts where maybe two to three day hours of power per day for quite some time. But there's now sewage in the water, you know, the food's not being delivered, the prices are crazy. You know, there's a lot of violence. Uh, the whole, the, you know, one of the things that they were talking about is the infrastructure is gone. There's no police, there's no fire, there's nobody to call, you know, the medical system is falling apart. So they're in their road warrior process that's emerging right now. And it's something that we think about, you know, as a survival prepper kind of thing. And we think that we're prepared for. And that's why I thought that was funny. You can be prepared all day long with your solar panels. But if enough people come onto your property, there's not a lot you're going to be able to do to keep them safe, much less keep yourself safe. And so uh, I didn't want to freak you out. I I put up a video with a kind of an overview about what's happening, which might sound faintly familiar to the things happening here. But if you really want to look at the gross stuff and the scary stuff, I will let you do your own search because the images are extremely graphic once you get into the realities of what's happening. And 
there's just a level of violence that's going on there that's terrifying. And why I'm talking about that is that it's a system collapse that was initiated by the psychopaths that are trying to pull the strings around the world. And, you know, we know that as we call it the deep state or the unknown or whatever version you want to call it as we move away from conspiracy and more into reality of who's making decisions about what. You can't hide in the shadows forever. But one of the more interesting components of that is that, you know, there's always the story behind the story, right? And so who's pulling the strings of the people who we would call the psychopaths, the ones who are so disconnected from human suffering? I didn't put this video up, but at the same time, I watched a couple more videos about all the other countries that are going into economic collapse as the the U.S. raises interest rates, there's just a a spin around the world. And that's what Martin Armstrong was talking about, is that the dollar does okay. It's the last to fall. But, you know, that one of the videos started with, you know, a guy in Lebanon who's screaming because they're, you know, having the same issues, you know, collapse, no money. Uh, They're burning the banks. And he's screaming at the top of his lungs and crying, like, how can you do this to us? We're human. How can you treat us this way? It's so hard to imagine that somebody could just nonchalantly pull the plug on everything that you need to survive in the world, to destroy entire nations. It's so difficult to realize or to to feel the enormity of that. And even though, you know, we are identifying who these people are, when you listen to them talk, you know, they're soft-spoken and they're, they're, they're so manipulative because they're not yelling. There's no push in them at all. They're just calmly, you know, with their neurolinguistic programming, explaining to you why, well, I don't know what you mean. We would never do that. And so that's that gaslighting, right? It makes you feel crazy if you're trying to look for the truth. And it makes you feel soothed and reassured if you're afraid of the truth. And there comes a moment where it doesn't matter because the truth is no longer hidden. And that's the moment that all these other little countries are experiencing. Uh, you know, we saw that with Sri Lanka. It's happening in Lebanon. It's happening in Egypt. It's now it's happening in South Africa. It's just spiraling around the world of this massive destruction of people's lives and their economies. And, you know, to our discredit, America tends to be very myopic. If it's not affecting me, I don't care. You know, I always think about the cell phone. And we're so entitled, right, to our cell phones. And yet, you know, we destroy countries. We've got children working in mines to get the the minerals so the cell phones work. And we've got slave factories in China and other countries where they put the, the cell phones together. And we're completely oblivious as people, you know, stamp and pout and feud and fume when they can't immediately get their brand new cell phone. And because we're just so myopic, right? If it's not happening to me, it's not important and it doesn't matter. And, you know, the beauty of the internet is that it offers us the opportunity to take a look around and see what's actually happening. But 
it creates that same feeling that I want to describe what's going on in South Africa. And that's with this guy who's calmly explaining all the issues <laughs> that South Africa is facing. And I'm laughing because he's doing it like he's talking about, you know, uh, our our corn yield was 0.002% below, right, as opposed to 20% below or gone altogether. And how we are detached in so many ways, even in trying to understand what's happening to us. And I think it's just the enormity of all of it and the feeling helpless in the face of it. But I think the other real big problem, and this is in every country, is that what's going to be required of us to deal with this is overwhelming, And, you know, one of the reasons I focused on this idea of just walk away was because if you really study history and, you know, the the four horsemen, what we were talking about with uh, pandemic, war, famine and death, is that 90 percent of people end up becoming refugees. You do end up just walking away. And so you can plan all day long for your homestead with your solar panels uh, and your well and your chickens. But the reality is, is when things do go road, road warrior, if they do, I'm not a fan of that and I hope they don't. But if you want to see what that looks like right now, South Africa is a prime example because what I think they show America more than maybe other countries right now is that the primary pull was the black and white divide. And I'm not going to say that there wasn't legitimate issues, but the reality is, is the manipulation is the division and the pitting two against each other. The division creates the chaos. The the problems can all be solved. That's what I keep trying to tell everybody. It's not about finding the right solution. That's all effect. If we don't address and deal with the cause, then nothing ever changes. And so here's the, the other piece to it that I don't know if it's true or not, that before South Africa or Africa or America or any of us were Uh, alive and well in our incarnation. Once upon a time, you know, it was believed or it is in stone, if you interpret the stones that way, is that there was a ruling race called the Anunnaki who came and used the earth as a mining operation. And one of the things that they mined was gold. And one of the the series of gold mines that you can find evidence for is in South Africa. Now, what's fascinating to me, and I'm not going to get, you know, too far into that, is that the the model of the Anunnaki on the human, and there's actually, you know, quite a bit of story that goes with that, was the colonization model. The, the aliens were the masters of the colony we know as Earth. And so the joke, if it's true or not, is that It's not that we're creating small colonies around the world and you're looking at slave master in that relationship, but really the earth itself is the colony and we're all the the slaves under the tyranny of an existing external force that is our colonizers, that we are slave to them, even though we don't know that. And that gets all into, you know, their time and our time is different, blah, blah, blah. But if you really are interested in some of these ideas, uh, one of the great 
places to just play around with it in terms of poking holes in our thinking process and thinking about things is, uh, if you haven't watched it, is the Stargate series. And uh, what I was so interesting to me about that entire series is that they were addressing back in the 90s so many things that we've been floated by ideas, you know, over the course of time, and they would kind of play them out in a story. Uh, because, you know, by miracle, everybody everywhere spoke the same kind of English. But, <laughs> but it was interesting to see a different perspective on that, and that the ruling class, the little gods, the Anunnaki little gods that controlled the earth, uh, they weren't all powerful. They just lived for millions of years, which is a lot of the theory that why the uh, people who run things want to live forever is because they want to mimic gods, the little gods, G, who have what appears to be immortality. And so, you know, we could, I don't want to go down rabbit holes, because to me, that's not the point. It's easy, it's interesting to focus on things that we can't control. But the reality is, at an extremely practical level, we can look at the effect of the psychopath pulling the strings and creating breaks in the system. And that's what uh, Michael Yon was talking about. I saw him on an interview when he was talking about famine and pandemic and war, you know, bringing about these cycles. They always come together. It's not the spark. It's the condition. You create the conditions and eventually it's the one straw that breaks the camel's back. In the same way, you know, when I talked to you about uh, a reactivity cycle. If you're hyper-reactive, it's, it's the conditions. It's just eventually there's one straw that breaks the camel's back. If you didn't have all those other conditions at play, you would probably have been okay. And that's exactly what we're experiencing now. And that's what was funny about uh, the video where the guy is just dryly going over the list of all the problems, you know, the, the legitimate government, you know, the lack of energy, the uh, disaster cycle, you know, it's just blah, blah, blah. But it's all the confluence of everything coming together, which is what we're experiencing now, which is intentional. It's the push, 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 push. Eventually, you can't take it anymore. And you explode in reaction. And so while that's all very real, at some point, we are going to have to grow up and start having this conversation about getting our strings pulled that this is happening in the first place. Because it's not the psychopath's responsibility to change so everything is okay. It's our responsibility to understand why we are both individually and collectively so willing to have our strings pulled and become violent and to turn on each other and hate and kill and destroy when we literally have everything we need on the planet. There is literally enough for everybody. And the only issue is that we are focused on the way of being in the world that does not include lifting everybody up, but in being divided between each other. Who's right and who's wrong? Who's left and who's right? Who's white and who's black? Who's God and who's Satan, right? All of these divisions, there is a master that plays that 
fiddle, I guess, as you could say, right? There are strings being pulled. There is an endless component of the manipulation of our emotional states through our culture, through our entertainment, through our news of fear, 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 division, division, division. And the result of that is exactly what's happening to most countries around the world. But if you want to see what's going to happen in America, then the precursor to our fall is happening as we speak in South Africa right now. And if, if you know anything about the history, it's, there is a similarity there's some cultural differences, but there's some similarities to America in that, you know, the original, not the Anunnaki, but after that, the original inhabitants of uh, Africa and including South Africa were the local tribes, right? There were different kinds of tribes. And you talk about some nasty things done to each other within these tribes. It, again, the level of violence and torture and things that people, humans do to other humans, that is the spirit of psychopathy. You may not be a psychopath, but anybody who does these incredibly abusive, horrific, torturous, just unbearably painful and unnecessary uh, practices, that is the spirit of psychopathy. That doesn't necessarily mean everyone's doing it is a psychopath, but it's the spirit of psychopathy that's so detached from the uh, the suffering and the effect that they can engage in these horrific practices. And they need that fear. They need that negative energy. That is the driver. And when you give them power and you give them responsibility and you give them accountability and you allow yourselves to be ruled, you are the domesticated slaves. You are the uh, ones that are in the colony. You are not running the colony, even if you think you're in charge of the colony. So uh, it's an interesting uh, idea that colonization, you know, that we decried as cruel and unrealistic, you know, that happened around the world by the British and originally with America, right? We were originally a colony. We threw those chains off, theoretically, right? Is that that idea of how to colonize locally people or state or a country is really come from the reality that we as the America, I mean, we as Earth are just one great big colony. So I just think that's interesting. I don't know if it's true or not. It kind of makes sense to me, but I'm open either way. And so, you know, going back to the origins of South Africa, what happened was the uh, Dutch came in. And that's the Boer, B-O-E-R, for those of you who have seen like the Boer Wars. That's where Winston Churchill uh, was kind of got his start in the um, the war and then as a correspondent. And so it started off as extremely terrifying as these farmers came down trying to do the same thing that they did in America is to grow crops and work the land and you know, the terrible things that befell them uh, in that process in the same way that terrible things befell 
you know, the settlers who came to America and vice versa, right? Everybody gives as good as they got. And so it was just sort of endless violence. And eventually, you know, it got more and more people. And so, you know, the, the indigenous got pushed into their tiny place the way the Native Americans here got pushed into their tiny place and the Africans in America got pushed into their tiny place. So it was pretty similar in terms of what happened. Uh, but I would say that it was a much more brutal process. I One of the stories that, you know, always uh, took me back is because people were so isolated. You know, once you turned as a girl, 13 or 14, Pretty much the next guy who pulled up in the wagon, all of a sudden you were his wife as you were carted off. Uh, and they were mostly polygamous. There was usually more than one wife because there was so much work to do. They needed children and they needed people to work hard and the women died in childbirth. But, you know, we never really talk about how women, girls got married off in so many ways around the country and still do. So it's hard to imagine being 13 and then one day you're packed up off a wagon with some 45-year-old guy and then you get basically raped every night while you have to cook his food and clean his house and do his laundry. So it was a brutal life. It was a hard life. It wasn't a warm and fuzzy life. And so it wasn't like these were sweet, happy farmers. I'm sure there were some nice people, but it was really brutal for everybody. And that was its origin story. And it became, you know, more and more civilized. And, you know, the cities popped up. And so things changed. But it wasn't a warm and fuzzy start, you know, pretty much any more than it was warm and fuzzy here in America. And so there was a lot of hostility, there was a lot of violence, there was a lot of segregation, because of who really did own what just because Somebody who was a Native American sold land to an American or European didn't necessarily have the right to do that. I mean, there's so it's a difficult start, but but that's just the nature of the planet. You know, people who are push people push out and change things and you you're never going to stop that it's never going to be perfectly just and it's never going to be perfectly fair so i'm not saying any of this is right or wrong or good or bad but eventually what happens is once you move out of that brutal survival place and people start to experience some degree of comfort and civilization starts to move its way in, that's when you get the psychopath taking into account how they can work that to their advantage, right? How can they pull strings? How can they gain power and control? Because hard work and uh, day in and day out is not usually part of their repertoire because they like status, they like power, they like control. And how do you keep status, power, and control? You manipulate everybody else doing all that work that you have no interest in doing. And so it only can take foot when you're too tired or too busy or too willing to give power, control, and status over to fill in the blank. And it doesn't mean that there aren't good leaders. It just means that that it's that basic, you know, power absolute power corrupts absolutely and absolute power corrupt. You know, it just there's never a moment where power does not lead to corruption when you do not have good people and they're usually too tired from working hard 
keeping an eye on things. And so this cycle just repeats over and over and over again because the more comfortable you are, the more decadent you are, the more you're taking your eye off of what's really going on. And so what happened 30 years ago with, you know, apartheid was from 1948 to 1994, instead of... of lifting everybody up, you know, one group was pushed down at the expense of the other. Instead of graduating into power, they just removed power from one group, which creates a vacuum. And then what got filled was a bunch was people who didn't know what they were doing. And that happened all over Africa. They took the white people who had been farming for hundreds of years and it's always a learning curve and put people in who didn't know anything about farming and everybody starved because it was not about problem solving. It wasn't about survival. It wasn't about practical. It was about power and control and manipulation and pulling strings, pitting people against each other. And so when you are part of that, when you are part of hating somebody who isn't like you, whether it's through religion, whether it's color, whether it's belief system, you are being divided and manipulated. Because if the end of the day, if it was just you and somebody you hated more than life itself, and it took the two of you to be able to figure out how to feed both of you, most people would get over it really fast You put two psychopaths in a room, they're like parasites. One would eat the other one and then die of starvation. So it's not a conversation that they, people who have psychopathy that are so devoid, uh, and that's sort of one of the theories about the Anunnaki is the little gods, they are psychopathic. They are devoid of emotion as we understand it. And human life or life itself means nothing. And anybody who's connected to people that they care about, it's so hard to imagine anybody could act like that. That could be real. And so that's our suspended disbelief. That's our inability, our cognitive dissonance, whatever psychological term they're throwing around these days. It's shocking that it's true. And it's so deceptive and manipulative and softly delivered. It's not a push conversation when you're in a conversation with a psychopath. They are reading you, they're assessing you, and they're figuring out how to push your buttons and how to manipulate you. And so when you're listening for the words that you want to hear versus listening to what's actually being said, you know, that's when you get trapped. And that's what's happening to all of us around the world as we let a tiny group of very sad, decrepit people manipulate and pull our strings. And even if we know that, the reality is, is what do we do about it? Like who appointed Bill Gates, right? Well, how do you stop being at the effect of what he wants to cause? And that's where the really hard work comes in. And it's not simple. It's not easy. And it may not even be one generation. It's something that has to be committed to in a very big way. And that's sort of my theory is the wired for danger people are the most likely to not be manipulated, but not absolutely because we still have lots of people who sign up and go to war and fight for them, even though there's nothing honorable about it at all. It's just food for the darkness and the low vibration that I spoke about on Monday. 
total manipulation. And that is their superpower, is their ability to use your weakness against you. So I encourage you to think about looking into a little bit about what's going on in South Africa as a reality check about what's coming here. But the more important component is that it's happening all over the world. We're all just in different stages and we're having different ideas leveraged with different groups. So, uh, you know, there it's black and white. Here it's left and right or blue and red or flyover versus the coast. Every area has its own labels that are being used to manipulate us. But I thought South Africa was such a good example of what happens when you allow yourself to be manipulated. And it's so close to what's happening here in America. It is the precursor to the road warrior life that we are on. If we do not find a way to not wake up to what's happening to us, but to realize how much there is to do, not just out in the world, but within ourselves, that we are not, uh, we are not able to be manipulated to hate and fear, but at the same time, not be surprised if somebody steals your solar panels. Uh, it's, it's really scary. You know, there is no easy way. Once things go road warrior, if they do, there is no easy way to come back to that. And that's really what I'm going to talk about. What's, the, what's real for us individually on Friday? So those of you who are subscribers and, and invested in this process, you will get some practical uh, explanation of these things for uh, how to deal with psychopaths, but also the spirit of psychopathy that's uh, permeating everything these days. Uh, if you are not a member and you're interested in just subscribing, uh, there's no cost to be a free subscriber. It just means that you get an email and you get these podcasts delivered into your emails. Uh, but if you want to get the more practical, personal stuff, that's what I do on Friday. So for people who are invested, uh, I actually try to give you more practical how-to stuff instead of just you know ideas that we're talking about at the more abstract level. Okay, lots to think about, lots to look at. Uh, lots to research if you are willing to dig in deep. And that, uh, I didn't link it, but it's Farmland, One Word by Lauren Southern. It should still be on YouTube. All right, deep breath, my friends, and I will see you next time.